This week's episode is brought to you by Stand Traders, the undisputed middle child of Vanguard. Want to stand one of your rearguards for another attack? When a bunch of clans already do that anyway? Yeah, that's what I thought. Stand Traders. We had to put a fourth one in. from my girlfriend's kitchen. My name is Atlas, and today we are talking about stand triggers, uh, what they mean for the game, how they do. So today I have with me... Uh, I'm Matt, and I play Spike Brothers, Tachikaze, and Dimension Police. Hello, I'm Ashley. I play Pale Moon, Gear Chronicle, and Force, which is really three good clans that actually have to do a lot with stand triggers. Oh, fun. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, Pale Moon... Great Nature, and now, as of like two days ago, Genesis again. Yeah, again, a lot of the a lot of these clans have to do with stand triggers, and Matt's exactly. He's not a you're not a skeptic, but like you have this very kind of. I think the best way to put it is, I need stand triggers to reach a certain certain threshold. So the I, I think uh, my the Tachikaze uh, stand is a very good topic. It's it's very polarizing whether people should run this stand or not, considering stands mm-hmm. do literally nothing for Tachikaze. <laughs> That's very true, because your whole strategy is you're eating stuff on your field, which comes back standing. So it seems like, as a trigger, it doesn't seem worth it to run. Yeah, so basically, uh, when it's retired from your rear guard, you can choose one of your units, give it 5k, draw a card, and send it send it back to your deck or something of the sort. It's just so hard not having like enough draw triggers for consistency. Tachikaze is a field where you really need to find your find enough grade twos, you know, or grade threes to kind of get your field ready in order in order to have a threatening field or and, and so you can make dogma as spicy as possible. <laughs> spicy but, as possible. Yeah, but I don't feel like the stand triggers really help that that much. I mean, you're going to throw behind Vanguard and make an extra, like, one extra 5k attack before you eat everything with Dogma. It doesn't feel that great. It it pluses you, I guess, if you sacrifice it, but I feel like you gain so much advantage with Dogma anyway, it's not really worth taking away consistency for it. So I guess we should talk about uh, kind of uh, what the upsides of stand triggers are. That's so, true. Like, so yeah. maybe I'll yeah. talk more about that. Okay, so stand triggers allow you to get more attacks out of a field instead of three. So if your opponent was planning, like let's say they had a bunch of shield, a perfect guard, and some more shield, they can go, all right, I can block these three attacks. If you pull a stand trigger out of your ass and they're like, well, damn, now now what am I supposed to do with this? Like A good example is the Mega Colony guy in the anime. Both times he played games, he lost because the character was like, oh, look, a stand trigger. They were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I think it was more dramatic about it. I think it was like, oh my god, no. So as a trigger, I really like stand triggers when I have, uh, when I have, uh, when the attack patterns make sense. So that is to say, uh, if you look at Leopold Reverse, which usually you would end up locking your entire back row for 12k to your front row. So you have just these like 21 and 23k rear guards, one of which Binoculus Tiger. You attack with Binoculus Tiger, give your other rear guard plus 4k, and then if you get a stand trigger and stand this already huge Binoculus Tiger, it was just like, yeah, I'll take this extra attack. If it was your break right turn, you end up drawing an extra card, and it was just all nice and peachy. But uh, <laughs> Well, there's that. And so, then, and then like, if a, if a card has on-hit pressure or a crazy ability on attack, then you get you know extra mileage out of it. Right. 
And then recently another benefit has been they are giving stand triggers more like just better effects because people weren't really using them. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to figure back in the day, not many clans would have used stand trigger considering that they really didn't have effects. Your draw triggers have more of a benefit than a stand trigger because if your opponent, in a sense, yes, but let's go with the whole idea that would you rather jam it check a stand trigger or a draw trigger at that time? And of course, we all rather hit that draw trigger for extra 5k plus a card in hand. Stan really didn't do anything unless you are facing against make a colony. Which is like a very slim chance, especially back right. in the day. But I mean, it, it has, so, like stands have the same defensive benefit that criticals do where it's just 5k. Like it doesn't it doesn't help you in really any other sense. Right, but also depending on the decks, mainly having a hand was always better than having an extra attack because even in Pale Moon, there was really no use to having a stand trigger until like a rising lion came to be. Then having a stand trigger was more beneficial. It was slowly changing from around that time since set fifteen that stand trigger were coming more relevant considering certain type of decks needed an extra attack or needed to standing in it for effect. I think another uh, way to, if we go way back in time, early, early Vanguard, not set one when people were doing silly things with Draconic Overlord, I mean a little bit later than that, <laughs> back when people could actually <laughs> play one plan entirely. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of draw power Yeah. Mm-hmm. back then. And a lot of abilities cost like a lot of counterblast, you know, if you look at Alfred, three counterblast to get a great, you know, to get a guy yeah. a lot, uh, <laughs> uh, a lot. You just didn't have, you don't, didn't see as many cards in a typical game as you see now. Uh, so draw triggers were really important to get fields together, to find cards you needed, to make sure you hit everything properly. Yeah. And now that we have triple drive or restanding vanguards or any of that shenanigans, uh, draw triggers are somewhat less relevant because people are just seeing more cards on an average basis. And there's, it's much easier to get what you need. There's more of a chance of deck out. Um, yeah, ex- yeah. There's, mm-hmm. Decking out is a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then like like now you have amber clones, which pretty much every amber clone has something to do with superior calling. Twin sword, Twill, uh, Jacqueline, Columbard, mm-hmm. the list goes on. It's just counterblast one, call, either call a thing from somewhere or do a thing to kill a thing. Most of them. Yeah. Except the original amber didn't do that. It's when this unit boosts an attack, yeah. you retire one unit on to you rewind one unit back to the deck. I mean that's under the kill something column, kind of. Uh, Deal with it, leave, make it leave. Yeah. <laughs> make it make it make it be not here. I, I I think the only exceptions are like Crayon Tiger, Magnum Assault. I don't want to do the rest. But yeah, that, that's just an example of like, there's just so much trigger thinning and so much stuff where like, you can do this, oh yeah, draw a couple cards if you want. Go for it. So you're right. I, I think as time goes on, there's not really a reason to run as many draw triggers, especially because running 12 crit is a kind of bad defensively because like we were saying before if you take it as damage or if you draw it just outside of the trigger checking phase or you know ba- outside of battle phase there's you know nothing you can really do with it like heart them clones mm-hmm. you can get a draw off it but other than that it's just a 10k shield you might as well have something like oh i gotta plunk my hand down you know you get effects off it and then also there's a bit of a stigma with winning running 12 crit because people are like oh you're only winning because you're running 12 crit <laughs> you know 
I mean, if you're playing a clan that doesn't need to find particular cards or has like a lot of redundant effects, I think uh, I think darker regulars as of several several sets ago is kind of kind of old di amon. Like it didn't really gain anything from running lots of draws. In fact, you just decked out. Stands did actual nothing because your rear guards were basically vanilla. So 12 crit was kind of like your only option. And there are a lot of decks now which just don't need to look for certain cards that often. So like if you if it's just so easy to find your field, you have a lot of redundant effects. 12 crit is just kind of the natural thing to gravitate toward to, unless you have some kind of absurd stand. On top of that, there, another like downside to stand triggers is if you're behind or if it's early game, you, there's nothing really you can stand unless <laughs> unless you go screw it. I'm gonna throw this down and then attack with it first, and then go guard, and then go hope for a stand trigger. Oh, it's a crit, and I I can't put it on this thing because I attacked with it first. But if you... again, I have to argue against that because again, it goes off to depending on the deck and depending on the player. I know with um. A Gear Chronicle player I know, he tend to be aggressive from the get from turn two. So of course he'll have that field. So getting a stand trigger with his build makes sense. And with me, with my current build, yeah, having a stand trigger early on is going to make people waste hand or do something that they don't want. I think with stand trigger early on is more beneficial if you're an aggressive player than you are with a passive player. One unfortunate consequence of that is being aggressive early is very dependent on your hand. Yeah. Uh, if you mm-hmm. if you, if you ever like if you're pl- playing a deck that can easily retire stuff or you can't replace those rear guards, then it's really hard to be aggressive and the stands get much worse. Yeah. So the stands are kind of also dependent on what your hand looks like. But another, you know, the old attack with my attack with my grade one vanguard trigger stand be like okay every, it's just every kind of like every time that happens to me i because like right now two of my three decks involve a copious amount of okay a copious amount of stand triggers um but every time that happens on the first turn i just imagine you wherever you are just going like shaking your head like, <laughs> i told you like <laughs> well um, i think the real uh, the bigger issue with running a lot of stands is it makes your threatening huge stride vanguard much less of a threat. When your opponent knows you're playing like six to eight stands or something like that, then they just look at your vanguard being like, my opponent has four less crits in his deck or you know, four or six crits in his deck. He's out two already or something. Yeah. Like, I'm not really that afraid of your vanguard pulling a crit. And it takes away a lot of that fear. That's true. So, um, that, can, that can be very uh, detrimental. Yeah. Well, then there's also, like, we were talking about, like, stands with good effects, where it's good to an extreme level. Case in point, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, screwing around with Genesis right now. The two stand triggers are so essential to the deck for two different reasons. One is Dreaming Dragon, which prevents you from decking out, so that's very important. Uh, sure. Because you're soul-charging so much. The other is the new Revelation stand, Goddess of Deep Sleep, whatever her Japanese-sounding name is. But, uh... And her skill is if you if she's soul blasted, you can put her on bottom of deck and stand something, which means she has utility outside of trigger checking, as a trigger kind of, and mm-hmm. that that means that like that right now the ratio is seven five seven stand five crit, and it's working out pretty well. But just the fact that it has utility as a stand trigger outside of just in the trigger zone, then, you know, it's worth it. Compared to something like Pale Moon, where I have two, you know, I'm running stand triggers that are good, but it's not just, it's not to that level of utility. Yeah, they are. 
what uh, Mirrorlands and uh, Sky High Walker? Yay! I mean, but yeah. Um, let's be honest. Pale Moon, we talking about right? Beside our perfect card, what other card do we get a counter charge unit with? And of course, we have the unicycle. Anyway, also with Pale Moon, if you were to soul charge one of those stand triggers, they're more beneficial. That's what the whole point with them. Because calling out a perf- a stand trigger like Sky High Walker, you'll get more benefit than a draw trigger. Now with Maryland, soul charging it in any Pale Moon build is perfect because you want that selective soul charging that is hard to go by if you're not playing Silver Thorns. Yeah. But... Also, Genesis... Perf- um, stand triggers you can see where they are good but let's be honest your matches are not going to go to that point to where you have to activate dreaming the dreaming dragon, dragon. Yeah, if you play yeah, yeah. hold on if you are playing if you are playing in a non-regional setting uh... in regional settings you are you are restricted to 25 minutes also for you to be so tr- blasting that much well, you, that you, you need to do that fast i mean you yeah. do you do it in threes and like, uh-huh. well, there's that, and then uh, with with the other stand trigger, the revelation one, there's a not a loop, but it's uh, it's kind of reminiscent of like Nova Grappler, where uh, Angelic Wiseman on attack, you can soul blast three, and then he gets plus four k. So what you do is you go on attack, you soul blast three. One of them is the stand, the revelation stand. So you put it on bottom, restand Wiseman mid attack. Then you do it again, soul blast the other one, restand him again, and then you have Hati, which. When someone soul blasted, it gets one for each one. So the last attack is just a big fat like punch to the jaw. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so because you're soul charging in three and soul blasting in three, it gets up there pretty quick. Like three soul charges, you're almost one fifth of the way through your deck, or you know, three instances of soul charging. And there's pretty much like one stride, which you can put put ten cards in your graveyard, basically. What so, the Venara Gand? Yeah. Vin- yeah. <laughs> Was it like Soul Blast like six, six or something? Six, yeah. yeah. So you just need a little more Soul Blasting to be able to activate Dreaming Dragon's full effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it do, you can you, you there are there are games where you can end up Dreaming Dragon like twice in a game and still like not it not be over twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, just, you do it so often because it's it's kind of the cherry on top usually where it, it it's like okay attack with this field and then at the end phase I draw some cards or whatever. Oh yeah, put my deck back and draw an extra card. And then now my hand's gone from like three at the beginning to like seven or eight. Right. One of the uh, most interesting stand triggers that I've taken a liking to, and this is uh, hilarious because it's in a clan that you would never ever run a stand trigger if you didn't have to, is uh, Spike Brothers. They have a stand trigger called Devil Watch, which is a 4K stand trigger. It has charge, and if it attacks or boosts uh, while it's charging, it gets plus 3k, and so it's a 7k attacker booster while charging. I wasn't expecting to ever play Stand Trigger and Spike Brothers, except mm-hmm. that this particular Stand Trigger kind of serves a double purpose, in that it, or when it attacks or boosts, it'll charge one and flip one. And then goes and it, away. While it charging, gets 3k. So, so you, ha- you end up having this soul charging engine, this unflip engine, just what used to be Jumbo the stun gun back in the uh, Ogle Legion days. I remember except that. Except now it's not even... Yeah, now it's not even taking up your grade two spot. And since triggers and Spike Brothers are just kind of not really that important, I mean, the decks used to play, you know, anywhere from six to eight draws in the past. 
because you just needed a card, you can still play six draws. You're just now playing those two stands to fill a to fill a slot of your grade twos, which just allows you to play more grade twos that you care about, which is kind of something that I just never expected to look at. And I think it's kind of unique for Spike Brothers to care less about triggers because you're just hoping to kill them in one turn anyway. Sure, that's true. Yeah, it is kind of ironic. I, I, I another clan has like a similar thing with that, which is Gold Paladin. Which they have three. Mm-hmm. They have three stand triggers that they run pretty much for the effects. Although they can take greater advantage of stand triggers because their field sticks around. But you have Jerry, which is the guy with the French horn. Which when you call him, if he's in unite, he gets plus three k. And then after he attacks or boosts, you can put him in soul and flip a damage. So that's a soul charge. And un- so it's kind of like. Uh, Devil Watch, maybe less aggressive, but he's got that. You have uh, Gigantic Rainer, which is when you call someone from deck, you can put, you can draw a card and then put him back in deck and give that thing plus 5k. And then you have Catch Goal Liberator, which is mostly for the Bluish Flame stuff, but you can go, when he's called, just put him back in deck and then check top, you know, four or, or something like that and call it again. So it's a lot of, the, the, the goal of the thing is not to call it but if you do it's still a benefit it's almost like i'm here all right okay i'll guess i'll just not be a stand trigger for a while and then do other stuff <laughs> yeah and then all like uh royal paladin's got a similar thing to it because like a i play brave alt mile also so there's cerugal which is if you call him and he's in brave you at the end you can draw and put him back in deck and then you have this like flute girl i forgot her name the on call give two things plus 3k put her back in deck so it's like all of these things except for i guess the dual paladin stuff really is for if they happen to show up by accident you can just put him back in deck there aren't really crits that do that as much i i feel like that is an advantage of stand triggers is that they can you know fix themselves if they happen to show up and you don't want them. yeah the reason is is because back before just people weren't playing stands like there was no reason to play stands in most decks especially during uh Legionnaire, Legionnaire, yeah. There's just stands were just so bad. We had a lot of random restanding vanguards. You had rear guards weren't super super relevant, and basically they had to push stands like just push them really hard in order to get people to start playing them. Crits, I mean, okay, the upside of crits just cannot be understood. There's so there's so many games where people are just like, "Yep, you're dead." Crit, crit, you're dead. Nice yeah. game. And everyone's just like, yeah, you got double critted and I lost. It's, everyone has this bad beat story. And mm-hmm. that's the bonus of crits, is that if your opponent goes two to pass at four damage, they can just die. If, you know, if you're playing a low number of crits, this is less likely to happen. So, True. I mean, the, crits, the, keep, crits keep you in the game. Crits do keep you in well, the same, game. Well, same with the heals. They are our go-to when we are dying. Right. Uh, no one. No. I'm pretty sure we're past the age where anyone's going to not play heal triggers. So. Yeah. Well, um, you still get those type of people who think they don't need them and said rather play 16 crits. Um, crits. And well, I'd be like, okay, fine. G guard this then. G guardians have forced everyone's hand. I think, so. Yeah, that's very. <laughs> true. I'm assuming that every. I'm assuming that everyone's playing four heal and that it, that doesn't really need to be argued. So the real is the other twelve triggers that people might run. I see a lot of like oh. six six kind of like crit mm-hmm. stand decks. I uh, think it's mostly because of me because you hang out with me. Most yeah, of the time. I mean, even even aside from that, I think a lot of people are just afraid to go down to four crits or less. Yeah, uh, for the reason I discussed earlier, is um, that they still want the option to kill their opponent. I think the only <laughs> exception is Angel Feather, 
Angel Feather does not give a fuck, like, at all. Because they, well, again, it's because of these crazy effects. You have the rescue stand, you have the no-seal stand, and you have Mrs. Refrigerator. Well, they can't loop Raphros anymore, because he's at one. Right. Yeah. Um, and watch, by the end of our, the, perm, after regionals, they're gonna probably no ban, no doubt, do something about the whole TikTok Malum combo thing, because, let's be honest, that doesn't take a lot of brain work, and it does have it flaws. That might be a discussion so, for another podcast. <laughs> well, we're not getting to that. I have my beef against it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I know we tried, uh, was it Matt? I, I, we have like a lost episode where we got my friend Dan in here, but we may, we may want right. to, yeah, we should give that another try at some point. Anyway. Sure. Okay. But uh, anyway, with stand triggers now, they, they did make them more viable. And when you think about it, back in the day, if you heard a stand trigger in a deck, you're like, oh, you're playing Aqua Force because Aqua Force, not how it is today, but back then, was harder to restand. So they needed a stand trigger. Remember the one stand trigger that you can have 16 of in the one whole deck? That never came to be. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it changed. So basically, you see back then, they really weren't. Now they, they have to give them really good effects for them to be viable and return to deck. So mostly nowadays, all stand trigger have the ability to return to deck so you can reuse it. I want to uh, kind of go back to the Pale Moon stand triggers. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this is as okay, they go. act the deck a lot. One really awkward thing I found with the Pale Moon stands is that with Dark Side Princess, the grade 2 9k, that when she attacks, she gets 5k and goes back to soul yeah. in the battle, yeah. is like one of the most powerful non-GB attackers that Pale Moon has. It's the only. It's just, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so awkward that it's like so bad with stand triggers. <laughs> that, that's one of the more awkward interactions I find with Pale Moon's running a lot of stands is that it just, Dark Side Princess just refuses. Um, to, to I'll have to. Well yeah, see, that's where with Pale Moon, the max you would play a stand trigger would probably be for me. I know I would play differently at three in each single one of my decks. I don't run more than probably three because one easier to take, um, keep track of, and two, the whole point of Pale Moon and not to keep on restanding it to basically call with max power. Yeah, you want that stand trigger, but you're not going to be relying on it. You're going to be relying on what you can do within one turn, and then everything go back if you play Magia. Silver Thorns, you got the on-hit pressure, so there's no point of having so many stands. Nightmare Dolls, not really, because the whole Alice-Leslie combo. And for Cracking Beast Tamer, Lukier version, it more or less powering up and having those stand triggers in there so you could attack again so depending on the pale moon build like you said dark side is like the downside that's why you save her for your last attack she never a first attack of unless you're gonna call something out in that spot so that's how i see stand trigger in pale moon I mean, well, part of it is I don't like the idea of the attack, you know, attack with Vanguard and then just get the whiffed stand trigger. I know that you can't, like, if, if you go Dark Side Princess and then you have more battle phase stuff, which I think I think will be remedied with the with the new Metatrick gal because she's on attack. Mm -hmm. But I, I just like the kind of surprise factor. It, it, it's going to take some more testing now that GBT08 is about to come out in English. Oh, yeah. Can, can, you, uh, can you talk a little bit about... Uh, 
the kind of history of Stan Triggers and their relationship in Aqua Force because we don't know shit about uh, Aqua Force. Still smells. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, like I said before, with Aqua Force, Stan Triggers was one thing you played. Aqua Force had the incredible ability to re-stand and attack again. Awesome. So, of course, that was one of the only deck that you would see stand triggers in. But it have changed. As you can tell, we have more cards now they can re-stand on their own due to effects. Due, um, let go with Wave, for example, and let go to Tetrafoil. Basically, with no stand triggers, you can attack up to six minimum, including your back row, because, you know, we have those great ones that can attack from behind because that's so awesome. But um, nowadays in Aquaforce, there's no point in running stand triggers. And why is that? Because, yeah, you want to read stand, cool, but it, we like I said, we have effects that can help us read stand. In the whole Tetraboil, we have, um, what's his name? Magnum Assault, uh, Tidal Assault. Magnum Assault, yes. Magnum Assault, Tidal Assault. Uh, the Voss have one that can read stand, extra 2k. We also have in Tetraboil, it when attack and boosted, counterblast one, restand this unit. The one thing in Aquaforce that you do need is the hand. You want that hand. Because you, you, so, you don't really have a superior call engine, do you? You just kind of got to plunk down your hand. Yeah, that's how it is. So basically, in Subos, I play draw triggers. Yeah, maybe a stand trigger. But, like, I'm looking at the build, because, you know, said, now nah, you're going to have new Aquaforce stuff. So I, like, oh, man, I kind of need to rethink this. But um, from what I have seen, I hardly see anybody playing Stand Triggers in Aquaforce. In Tetra Boil, it probably three Stand, uh, probably four Stand, four Criticals, uh, both Savas Criticals, and the tri- and the Wave, Blue Wave. Blue Wave, ah. Blue Wave, which is basically return to deck and you shuffle and stuff. So unless we're going to get a really good stand trigger that can go, I don't know, Wave 1 when this when this unit boosts a unit in front, return to deck, re-stand that unit? That would be pretty I don't. That would be, like, ideal. And I probably would want to be like, give me that. I'll, I'll pay it. But, um... Otherwise, stand triggers are kind of like irrelevant in Aquaforce as they were before. Because, like I said, we used to have that one that you can have 16 of in a deck. But you kind of don't need it. Yeah. The relationship was strong, and then it basically fizz out. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of ironic that like that and Nova Grapplers, which is all about standing also, used to run stand triggers, and probably not that often at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then just over time, they're like, dude, I can do this on my own. I don't need you. <laughs> This was a sad day. Yeah, give me give me draws and crits. I can use those to my benefits more. Do, do you think that there are plans out there that are just like aside from Aquaforce, like one good stand trigger away? <sighs> oh, one good stand trigger, right? I think so. I think if we doesn't, I think I need to relook at all the Aquaforce stuff. But if I will correct, in Clan Booster, we got basically wave blue waves and a little bit of blue storm and some thavas. So all this support would generalize more with Blue Wave. In this set coming out, I feel like we are going to get that one that's going to make us be like, welcome back, Stand Triggers. We miss you, but we're not going to run so much of you because we really don't need you, but we want you to do something for us. It's sad. (laughs) 
But like you say, with Nova Grapplers, they were the same way, like Aqua Force. Push Road was smart and said, you know what? They can't keep them rely on standards. We need to give them something that can do this while being so reliant on them. So um, while other clans are playing stands, Aqua Force and Nova Grapplers are not. At least in my opinion. Yeah. That probably some people be like, no, I play Stan Trigger in my Aqua Force deck. And I'd be like, good for you. <laughs> Matt, are you still here? There yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, most of my experience against Aqua Force has been uh, either a uh, set thirteen. Um, what's that guy? Tetra Drive. No, Tetra oh, well, Drive. Tetra Drive back then. Tetra Drive back then. Tetra Boils. Yeah, Tetra Drive now. The new strategy. Yeah. yeah. And man, Tetra Drive was pretty sweet. There's so many games mm-hmm. that just lost to them. Break riding Tetra Drive on that. Uh, what's the break riding? Transcore. I think that stupid anchor is that stupid anchor was the death of me back in uh, <laughs> playing. Uh, was it uh, Leopold reverse break ride? That thing was so annoying. Yeah, sometimes I purposely uh, no guard at low damage, see if I can live. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, it was just it was just great times. But uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, they, at that point they could afford not to run stands because mm-hmm. uh, they just got title assault and uh, with the guy that swaps columns. Um, yeah. Uh, we all salt. The, the guy with that the grade three, the grade three guy that really sucks when you ride him. Uh, oh, I remember. Uh, Diamantes. <laughs> Diamantes. Yeah. I remember him. Yes, that was back then. And then, uh, of course, I lost a lot to Lambros because that card is crazy. I love Lambros. Oh, Lambros. Oh, he's so cool looking. Uh, you know he still stands him without, like, GB2? Who allowed that? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I can't wait for that reprint of him. I need two more of him. I like my Lambros. Oh, oh, because oh, he's coming in, uh, what's it called? The reprint The set? revival set. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah. oh, thank you, because people just hyped him. Out of nowhere. I mean, he totally deserved it. He was really good. He right. is. So I guess a lot of the clans that do have a lot of like their own standing just have kind of uh, grown out of their stand triggers. Right. Or maybe have stand triggers with less good effects. Yeah, I do think uh, the Dreaming Dragon is a necessary stand trigger in Genesis now. Yeah. I do think. I, I don't know about much about the Revelation stuff. And, you'll, uh, you'll see it. Genesis, on, admittedly. You'll so. see it this week. I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> I would just have uh, to say, depending on Genesis deck, because I don't see it used much in Regalia. I see the other stand trigger, the new one you guys got, but not Dreaming Dragon in Regalia because of the but whole Regalia Legion. could put everything back into its soul and. Legion. The Legion. Yeah. And put everything back into the deck. Yeah, I think Regalia is more aggressive in that early game, too. Like, aside from the Legion, now, now they have, like, another good grade 3, and there's a stride, and, like, Jesus. I, 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 gotta, talk, I gotta talk to Trace about it, because uh, we, we haven't done the clan analysis yet for Genesis, and I'm sure Trace will have a lot to say, because that's, like, his thing, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if uh, Trace... Uh, listeners is the guy from the uh, Oracle Think Tank episode. All right, anyway. The Tachi Kaze stand, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. I don't remember the Coel Magnum. You guys can try it. Sure. Coel I'll Magnum. believe you if you tell me that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I just don't think it's worth... Like, even if you're going to play only two of it, I think that's what the person who won France did. I mean, I'm not convinced that it's worth giving up uh, the little bit of extra consistency in the crit to play to plus on, turn, on when you draw it. Uh, I mean, a two of you can think of how often do I draw these things, how often do I can use the effect, how often is going to hold it to guard anyway. And if you're just holding it to guard, it's not better than a crit. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't know how much better it is. I don't know if it's better at all than just having crits or stands or crits or draws in those spots, considering they do basically nothing when you trigger them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just don't see it. What what so. what do you guys think of uh, running? Oh yeah, but, uh, what do you guys think of running the stands in Brave? in alt mile 
because I find them extremely helpful, and yet part of me thinks maybe I should be running more crit because of the brave mechanic, but at the same time, I don't want more cards in hand. I want them to die, so... Okay, in brave, right? Not in any other build, Yeah, right? in, in brave. In brave, okay. The, bl okay. the blue um, deck box with the magnet, brave. The reason why you probably would not be playing the draw triggers is because you are playing brave, and you want those, you know... I don't know, brave is such a weird mechanic. It is It they, is very weird, for sure. It make it seem like they want you to rush at grade 2. That way, by grade 3 and striding, you have your brave activated. Mm -hmm. So, running draw triggers probably not be a top priority with stands. I like to say, kind of like Pale Moon, you want them like at a low number, but you want them there. At least their presence there. Yeah. That I... way you can activate skill. I mean, I do like the uh, the Sarugal and the F Flute Girl stand trigger because it allows you to go, all right, I'm going to play these from hand, they go back in my deck, and then I get my Brave just from playing them. One of them replaces itself, and then the other one just goes away instantly. So it is nice, and then it also gives con consistency to that, like just those stride turns where I can go, all right, attack with this thing, attack with Twin Sword, get a new thing, attack with Vanguard. If I don't get stand triggers, I'll just put it on the thing I just called. If if I do get stand triggers, stand the twin sword column. It's just nice. I really hope Matt's internet didn't cut out again. Yeah, I uh, I think there. uh, I think the stands are are very good and brave. You can play them to get cards out of your hand and gain like medium effects, mm -hmm. which is helps you get to your goal while gaining something. It's really frustrating when if you want to get the brave and you just had to kind of like discard cards just for the sake of discarding to hit that brave. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. then you just wouldn't go for it. But uh, so, sometimes if you it, it allows you to get to brave while doing some well while you know doing something positive, and yeah. then the one that draws at the end phase also helps you be a little more defensive. Unfortunately, if you're behind in damage while playing brave, you're probably not winning the game anyway. That's so. true. <laughs> yeah, brave, brave. You have to be very aggressive with cards that have GB one, which is also kind of wonky sounding. It and also like I know the game wants you to play brave as like the goal, but it shouldn't be a goal. It should be a bonus. Like a lot of these brave effects are kind of inconsequential. The the only one that really matters is Clotinus, the stride, and even the, and you have like ways to get around it and that kind of thing. And usually before you stride, you're in brave anyway because you're calling. One small benefit that I found with the with the brave deck is that striding you discard a card to get a card later, which just helps mm -hmm. a lot. <laughs> also, also true. It's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. But yeah, stand, I, I think overall stand triggers have just kind of a weird relationship with the game. They're they're very much the blue headed stepchild. That was weird. Sure. Wow, that's sad. Well, I think I think it comes from the uh, inconsistency of them. Is that mm -hmm. stand triggers are, and I'm gonna say this, the most inconsistent trigger. Even when you trigger them, you don't always... Like, heal triggers are also inconsistent, but and I'll talk about that in a, in a second. But the highs of stands are... You know, they're pretty good. You know, you get, they're, they're kind of like a crit in their highs. But they're not like, a The crit. high of crit... It, it can be better than a crit in some situations, but of course, uh, in general, when you hit stands and it's nice, and, you, and you know, it does something good, it's... You know, it can be extra damage. Uh, and this is an extra damage through some guards. So it's like kind of an extra damage with an asterisk next to it. Heals on their highs literally save you from losing the game. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And the, the uh, oh God, please miracle heal, please miracle heal. Yes! Right. <laughs> so he, one should always run heal triggers, even if G Guardians did not exist, because 
you can actually just cheat death with them. You can just say, nope, I didn't lose after all, and now that you've done one final push, I'm going to kill you, which, oh, man, so many games where that, that, that kind of stuff just occurs. Chris, but we're talking you to you. But you want to give the option for that. You want to mm-hmm. leave that door open so you're going to play heals. And now with G-Guardians, heals are really just 20k guards or higher. So Stand triggers, not many that can play them, Cogdrill being one of them, and I believe... Um, like spike rows, you really don't care because you're rushing to beat them. But um, some decks do benefit them, while other decks really can care less about stand trigger. And that's where we have nowadays with stand triggers, it, depending on the clan and then depending on the build, hmm. how you want to play them. True. Matt, so. what, what were you going to say? The lows of heals, I think, are kind of equaled out now by G Guardians. Mm-hmm. Like, if you miss on a heal, it's like, if you're taking it as damage, it sucks, of course. But uh, if you're taking stance as damage, it also sucks. So that's kind of equal. But if you trigger your heal and it does nothing, the heal is a G Guardian later. True. Right? So it's the heals, which is really good to have in your hand at this point. And stands, when you trigger them, you're just like, I mean, your stand needs to now have a good effect to kind of like be, be a card it. in your hand, other than just a vanilla 10K shield. True. And so it's so important for your stands to have just very, very good effects for your deck in order to really say, I, I want this card in my deck. I think that's really what the important thing people should think about when making decisions of how many stands they want in their deck is how good are these effects? How necessary are these effects for my clan or my deck? And basically, are they worth a spot over a draw or crit in decks where I may want those? It's like the B, they're kind of a B-plus student. Not great, not terrible. you know. But the, <laughs> they're definitely worth having a look because in some you know, in some decks, they can be, like, hilariously stupid versus others. Oh, yeah, I mean, again, the inconsistency is where that comes in, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, are On average, are they better than, you know, Trigger X? That That's the question I'm asking. I think I think they compete for draws for space, because overall, I think, you know, criticals are still the most consistent triggers. Yeah. Um, criticals do what you need them to do most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so... I, I hope this, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm going to build a new deck and you and you just haven't heard of Google, then hopefully this helped you. Do you guys have anything else you need to say? I think uh, I think a lot of the uh, questions with stand triggers really comes from people thinking about, oh, when I trigger this in this situation, people and people when evaluating cards tend to think of themselves in like the perfect situation. Uh, you want to think about averages. Like how does this do in an average game? Versus how does this do when I, you know, perfectly set up for it and get it. So, yeah, I think that's the important thing to think about. I, th- I think when people play, play like when they're when they're goldfishing or whatever it's called, that, th- that they, you know, play the way you imagine yourself beating someone up. You know how like someone pisses you off and then you just imagine beating the crap out of them. Like in your fantasy, you reach for them and they just kind of take the punishment. But in real life, you would reach for them and they would just kind of take a, take a step back and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, Something so, like that. So when, when you goldfish, also keep that in mind. And like Matt said, imagine the average. Ash, anything? Mm, nothing really. Just filling a deck, it got a little bit harder. Thanks, Bushy Road. <laughs> well, that's kind, of, that's kind of the fun is you have more stuff to play with. We'll, uh, we'll we'll see also what, what sort of we- like wacky stuff comes out of the woodwork for BWC because now we have a set with like eight clans in it with you know pretty freaking good support so the gauntlet has been laid and uh, yeah 
So we'll see you next time on Nexus at Night. I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Ash. And have a good night. I'd like to take this time to thank all listeners that happen to come across this podcast. Uh, be sure to rate and like us on iTunes and to, you know, suggest this to your friends. I'd also like to thank Lil Elephant, the Oakland-based band that supplied our intro and outro music. Uh, you can find them at lilelefunk.com, so L-I-L-E-L-E-P-H-U-N-K. You can also tweet us at VGNexusCorp, so V-G-N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Or you can tweet me, Atlas Novak, so at A-T-L-A-S-N is in Nancy, O-V is in Victor, A-C-K. Have a good night, everyone.